Welcome everyone to the Free Speech Union podcast. It's David Cuman here as host and I have with me Beth from Speak Up for Women. Welcome Beth. Hi David, thanks very much for having me on your show. Thanks for coming on. Um, uh, some of our listeners might not be entirely up to speed with what's gone on. I wonder if you could just give us a, a brief background into why you're talking to the Free Speech Union. Okay, yes, thank you. So uh, Speak Up for Women is running a series of public talks throughout New Zealand and um, we're talking about a piece of legislation that's coming up before Parliament later this year, coming up for its second reading, and it's um, we've got fundamental issues with this legislation. Um, we're really concerned about some of the implications it will have, um, particularly for women and girls. Uh, so the purpose of our public talks across the country was to discuss what those issues are, uh, to raise awareness um, of the issues and the fact that this bill is, is being pushed through. Um, it hasn't even gone to public consultation, for example. So it was really about a grassroots movement to make the general public aware and let them know that they could write to their MPs um, or sign our petition. Um, we're trying to get the bill sent back to select committee. And so that was that's the nature of, of why we're, we're having these talks. Um, the content of the talks um, has come under attack and a lot of um, misinformation from our political opponents who don't want us talking about the issues with this this law because they want it to be passed. Um, Speak Up Women actually formed in 2018 when we first got wind of this bill. It's the best deaths and marriages bill um, and within it um, was inserted at Select Committee a controversial clause uh, that would allow people to change the sex on their birth certificate via a statutory declaration. The current uh, process requires people to satisfy the family court with medical evidence before they can change their birth certificates. So the current law has safeguarding um, in it. Um, the new law would do away with all of that. This clause was inserted at Select Committee after the first reading of the bill, after public submissions had closed. So there was no opportunity for the New Zealand public to discuss this clause, the implications of it. So that's why we formed in 2018 to fight fight this bill and to actually put pressure on the government um, to follow proper democratic process, send the bill back to Select Committee. Um, and Tracy Martin was the Minister in Charge of the Department of Internal Affairs at the time, and so this was her bill. Um, and following our campaign, uh, she actually sought legal advice from Crown Law, and um, they agreed with what we'd been saying, that um, the bill hadn't followed democratic process. And also, which was our, our main concern, that um, sex self-identification would conflate the idea of biological sex with this contested theory of gender identity, conflate those two concepts in law, and that would have knock-on effects to women's rights that are protected within a number of different pieces of the legislation. Um, for example, the Human Rights Act that allows for single-sex services and spaces, scholarships and opportunities. So if I hear you correctly, you're wanting to talk about a bill that is before Parliament. That's absolutely right, yeah. To, just to be completely open and... and um, and Frank about the free speech union position. We don't uh, we don't have a position on the the nitty gritty of that bill. Um, clearly, you guys are, are pushing um, for your beliefs, um, but really, you want to discuss a bill before Parliament, um, and you're not being allowed to do that. Is that right? That's absolutely right. So we want to discuss the issues with this bill, um, and we booked a number of council venues across the country. Um, and those venues um, caved to the demands of a few activists coordinated from Auckland um, that, 
yes, and then we got um, we got deplatformed from these venues. So let, let let's dig into that because I think this is this is really where the rubber meets the road as far as the free speech union is concerned. Is there is a, a group of people who want to discuss a bill before our parliament in a very democratic way, um, and there have been public spaces that have said you're not allowed to use them to do that. What what reason has been given to you for that? So different reasons from different councils, um, but primarily. So if you just look at Christchurch, um, they talked about us potentially being a breach of their policy around community, making all communities feel welcome. Um, and they spoke about um, the health and safety concerns. Um, now, there haven't been any credible or any threats at all of violence. So there's been no threats of violence, but they're saying health and safety is the issue. So what, what health and safety concerns did they raise? Well, the inference is um, it's around the health and safety of their staff and um, their library users. So these health, we have to assume that they're talking about the mental um, health and safety and, and, the, and the safety of hearing feminist women discuss ideas that they might not agree with. So, so just 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 to be clear, Beth, you you don't pose a physical risk to anyone. You haven't, in previous meetings, had uh, weapons or violence or any sort of underground fighting rings that you've been organising. You haven't been harming anyone physically. <laughs> no, I'm a. Um, <laughs> I'm just a mum. I don't. I don't go around harming people. Um, I'm just a woman talking about women's rights. So we're actually um, we're committed to um, peace, peaceful action. Um, we're, we're all women. Like speak up, woman is all woman. Um, there are no violent women in our group. We're not. We're not violent at all. And um, we respect people's right to peacefully protest. So um, you know, there's no concerns that we would perpetrate violence. And in fact, our meeting did go ahead in Christchurch, not at the library, mm. um, but ironically at the Wollstone Club, which until recently was the Wollstone Working Men's Club, um, which is quite ironic mm. to host a feminist meeting. Um, we had maybe five to eight peaceful protesters there. Um, they were pro- protesting outside. We invited them inside to listen to our meeting. And they came in under the condition that they wouldn't interrupt, um, mm. but that they could... Um, you know, ask any questions they wanted at the end. And so they did that and they sat quietly and they listened and then we had a really healthy debate. Uh, we didn't agree, um, but it was exactly the sort of public meeting that we'd hoped it would be. So there was, there was no violence, there was no threats of violence. Um, you invited these people in to have a discussion. There was a discussion and a debate about a bill before our parliament. Um, no no one needed an ambulance at the end of it. No. Uh, and, and there was respectful discussion in New Zealand. There was some high emotion from their side. They were very young. They actually had their teacher with them. Um, oh, wow. So they were quite, yeah, there was a bit of emotion, um, but it was an entirely respectful discussion. Um, mm. Absolutely no, no physical violence. Um, I think maybe I heard one swear word towards the end. That was it. So... Yeah, that's the sort of meeting that I would expect our councils to be able to facilitate quite comfortably. Yeah, and, and so let's just be clear about that. Christchurch City Council banned you from the library, is that is that right? Yeah, they banned us from all Christchurch libraries um, under the sort of spurious guise of the health and safety of their staff. And the thing right. is, we'd booked a, a private meeting room, so no one even had to hear us if they didn't want to be in that room. Wow, this is uh, yeah. this is deeply concerning. Um and obviously, uh, the Free Speech Union has um, uh, been fighting a battle against Auckland Council for uh, not allowing those two Canadians to come and talk. Uh, and in that case, there there were, um, you know, threats of some protest activity that possibly could have maybe involved some, you know, 
bad people. And and one of the things that we argued quite strongly was um, the thug's veto should not uh, be allowed to stop people from expressing their ideas. Um, but in your case, it sounds even worse than that because uh, there was no credible threat of violence at all um, in any way, shape or form. That's right. There's been no threats of, of violence that we've seen and we've asked the council if there has been any. They haven't been able to provide any any threats of violence Um a few, a few people have made it clear that there'd be a protest, um, which we fully support. So, no, um, it's totally spurious. And in fact, Auckland Council has, has done similar um, with Christchurch, not banned us outright, but they we booked a central Auckland venue for this uh, talk. So when the talk reaches Auckland, um, up on um, uh, like Ponsonby K Road venue up there um, called Studio One and um We'd been told by our supporters at our last meeting that was moved by Auckland Council out to um, uh, Western Springs wasn't, wasn't a convenient location. A lot of them would prefer Central where there are transport links. Mm-hmm. So we'd booked Studio One and um, after asking us what our content was going to be and going back and forth um, and asking us if we'd be prepared to move, um, we said, no, look, we really need to be Central for these reasons. Auckland Council then told us, no, sorry, we are cancelling your booking. We are moving you out to Western Springs again. Um, and again, the reason given was um, health and safety concerns and the concerns of managing protest action. Um, so it just to us, it seems like this health and safety argument is some sort of get out of jail free um, that councils are using when they don't want to uphold the Bill of Rights of certain people. Yeah, the, this is uh, this is you know basically why we formed and why we're continuing the battle. And to see it, especially after the Court of Appeal pointed out that council-run facilities need to pay attention to the Bill of Rights. Um, to see the thugs veto being used and these health and safety, um, you know, spurious concerns raised is, is deeply concerning, especially especially when it's a group of people who want to discuss a bill before Parliament. Um, you know, this is part of our democratic process and, and uh, this is a fight that I think, you know, we need to have um, to enable free and democratic discussion of ideas. Uh, you mentioned Christchurch, you mentioned Auckland. Were there any other councils um, that banned you from facilities? Yes, so directly after um, Christchurch Council moved and, and they um, banned, you know, banned us from their library, uh, within days, Auckland, um, sorry, Dunedin, um, had announced that they were cancelling our booking. You know, Dunedin had never even asked us what the nature of our event was. They hadn't asked us about the content um, or any input into any health and safety considerations. So they literally just, without even speaking to us, cancelled our booking. And they used similar reasons, um, health and safety concerns for our library users and staff. We strive to ensure our libraries offer an environment where all members of our community can feel safe and welcome. Uh, Asterix, unless you speak up for women members of the community. Yes, unless you're women wanting to discuss legislation that will impact women. It sounds like you've been entirely reasonable uh, the whole time, but the, surely if there is to be protest activity against you, uh, that's reason to um, uh, not shut you down, but try and deal with the protesters, surely. Yeah, and, and as I said, you know, speak up for women. We support um, the right to peaceful protest. We think it's a really important part of democracy. So um, if people are gathering to peacefully protest, they they should be um, facilitated to do that. And it obviously becomes a police matter if it becomes violent or, you know, the crowds are too big that they need traffic management or whatever. But all of those things are manageable and, um, yeah, definitely shouldn't be caused to shut down a public meeting about a piece of legislation. No, I completely agree. And, and again, this is why we 
um, we, we appealed yeah. the, uh, the High Court ruling and why we're going to the Supreme Court um, on the Auckland case. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like um, you guys might be headed down uh, a similar track. Um, uh, and it's really up to, I think, the courts to be very clear about the responsibilities and the roles of public venues. Um, and, and we believe, obviously, um, that they should allow people to use the space to discuss important things or not important things um, in a peaceful way. Uh, and shouldn't show favour to anyone in particular or any ideology in particular. No, absolutely. And look, it just goes to show that it's an important issue. If people are prepared to to protest it, um, you know, it just goes to show that it's a, it's an issue that New Zealand is passionate about and should be discussed, uh, and shouldn't be shunted off into the private sector to you know hope that we can find a venue that won't cave won't cave to bullying. Absolutely. And I think the um, the other thing is is that the. The, the thug's veto is is something that if it's given uh, uh, an inch, it'll take a yard. Um, <laughs> if it's given a little bit, it'll take yeah. the rest. Uh, you know, as soon as you yeah. allow one group to shut down uh, another group that they disagree with, then um, the floodgates open. Um, and, and all of those mixed yeah. metaphors are to say we should be upholding the right of everyone to voice their opinion peacefully. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how would we even have a functioning democracy if we can't? I mean, every political party talking about anything could be subject to protest. And you know, and often are so citizens talking about legislation should should be able to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So you're 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 fighting the good fight. Um, unfortunately, you had to find an alternate venue in Christchurch, um, but you're fighting yeah. the good fight in other places. You said that Nelson was a, a particularly interesting case. What's happening in Nelson? Well, it's interesting in, in as much that um, during the time that Christchurch and Dunedin and Auckland Council were all going back and forth and you know trying to work out you know how to cancel us. Um, Nelson um, was doing similar and, um, you know, the mayor wanted to know what we were going to talk about and we went back and forth um, with them and they came to the conclusion that we had a right to speak at the venue um, and now a couple of Nelson councillors have come out really strongly and said that they're embarrassed and, you know, disgusted by that decision. Mm. But what it shows us is that there are people within um, the management of Nelson Council that actually realise that they can't trample on Bill of Rights mm-hmm. um, of certain um, groups within the community. So it's interesting to us and that, that Nelson is clearly they don't want to, I would say, based on what some of the councillors are saying, but um, Nelson Council itself is uh, allowing the... Um, booking to to stand, so we will be talking um, in the Trafalgar Hall in Nelson, um, and it's this Wednesday, this Wednesday the ninth of June, um, and um, led by um, one of those particularly and um, the councillors, there is going to be a large protest outside, um, but it does look like the planning of that is peaceful, um, and they're calling it a peaceful protest. Uh, and so, yeah, hopefully Nelson can be another example of of how this this thing can work if facilitated properly. I mean, that's fantastic. As far as free speech goes, the fact that there is a councillor who opposes your ideas enough to um, lead or participate in a protest outside, but still uh, allows you to speak, is exactly what we want to see happen, M- much like your, your conversation in Christchurch you mentioned, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's exactly right. And I, I do hope that Nelson goes the same way as Christchurch, because that was really um, productive and successful. I um yeah, I mean this Nelson councillor does want to change the um the policy of the council so that they can exclude groups like ours in the future. So mm. um definitely not trying to uphold the Bill of Rights, but someone within the council itself, the management level is you know, knows that they can't 
right. cancel us because some people don't like us. That, that's what the laws are for, right? It's to, to keep people uh, hopefully in check, even with their own prejudices and biases. Uh, have you had any any um, positive or negative response from councillors in any other cities? We've only really talked about the libraries that have shut you down, but have the councillors waded into the debate on either side? No, so Nelson was the first time I'd actually seen the councillors quoted in the media. Um, we're actually waiting. We've sent some official information act requests to Christchurch Council. We're trying to find out how far up and to how many councillors the decision to bar us from the libraries actually went. So that will be interesting. What about MPs? Have there been any MPs that have spoken out for your right to speak or, or praised the councils for banning you? Both. Judith Collins for the National Party and David Seymour for ACT have spoken out for the principle of free speech and for our right to speak. Um, neither of them have, have commented either way on if they share our position, um, mm-hmm. same as the free speech union, but um, you know, support our right to speak. I haven't heard um, a peep out of Labour um, on this issue, so it seems like they've just put their heads below the parapet. Um, but there's certainly been um, lower-level sort of elected officials that have said things on various occasions. I can think of people like um, Richard Hill in Auckland, for example. Um, but yes, yeah, so absolute silence from the MPs on that side of the fence, which is really concerning given that free speech was always a bastion of the left. Of the left. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that is um, deeply concerning. This, this should be an issue that has you know, bipartisan support um, and to see it apparently turning into only one side of the political spectrum and especially, as you say, when it's traditionally been the left that has been, you know, fighting for the right of people to express their ideas, particularly in protests. Um, you know, that is deeply concerning. And the other thing um, that I think is is doubly concerning about it is that um, the the makeup of our government is such that they are the ones passing bills at the moment. Uh, and one of those proposed pieces of legislation is around hate speech. Um, and if if they're not, if no one's talking about the right of you know, your group, for example, or, or other groups to freely express their ideas. Is there a hint that this might be hate speech that you're discussing a bill before our parliament? And in which case, you know, what kind of of legal ramifications might that, that have in the future in, in chilling the, the thought that you might, you know, uh, discuss a bill uh, in, in a non-favourable way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the implications of that hate speech bill, and we've been accused of being a hate, um, a hate group and hate speech, um, you know, it's been said, um, and so it's not a far stretch to think that that hate speech law could be used against against um, feminists like us um, talking about legislation. I want to unpack that a little bit with you um, very briefly um, because yes. I'm not sure that all of our listeners would be completely familiar with, with why you're branded uh, a hate group and what possibly hateful things you might be saying. Um, so perhaps you could um, maybe... Uh, uh, strong man the argument on the other side. Um, I know that there's been terms like turf that's been thrown around, um, you know, all of yeah. those kind of ists that people get labelled with. Why Why would your group well, in particular be seen as hateful, do you think? Um, so we believe that biological sex is real and that it matters in certain circumstances um, in the law. And, for example, the Human Rights Act um, allows um, female people to have female-only um, services and spaces, so thinking about like female prisons or um, changing rooms or girls' schools or intimate care for the elderly or you know a, a number of scenarios where um, biological sex actually matters. And we want to talk about how this piece of legislation that will allow anyone at any time, at any stage of their life for any reason to change the sex on their birth certificate and therefore be treated in the eyes of the law as if they were actually a female person 
um, and access all those spaces and services accordingly. Um, we want to talk about the impacts of that, um, and you know, there's been no impact assessments done or anything like that. Um, on the other side of the fence, you have um, lobby groups that say trans women are women, and there is there should be, and and they are if they say they are, and they don't need to make any physical appearance changes or bodily changes. They literally are women, and that it's hateful to even question their identity. So that's where the hate comment comes in, that we're talking about existing laws and existing rights and, and material reality of, of um, mammalian um, sex being diamorphic. Sorry, like literally are just males or females. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a fact and it's science. Um, and on the other side, um, you've got this idea of everyone has a gender identity and you know some people might be in a female body or a male body but they they are actually the opposite sex and, and should be that way if they say they are um yeah so i don't know if i've explained it very well but that's where that conflict is if if i understand what you're saying the, there's a group of people who who feel that you're hateful because you are not accepting their version of themselves or their reality they they feel like they're in a different body and should be able to um uh, have that affirmed by society and you're saying there are reasons why we shouldn't allow that, um, and their view of that is it's hateful towards them. Is that a fair summation? Yes, except that we would we would affirm that and and be fine with that in most circumstances. So mm-hmm. we uh, we support gender nonconformity. We don't, you know, we, people should be free to dress however they want, to be called whatever they want, and that should have no impact on their rights to um, housing and employment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they should be accepted on the face of who they say they are. And almost every situation, except in a very few specific circumstances that are protected in the Human Rights Act that allow female people to have female-only spaces. Mm-hmm. So we're not actually denying their rights to be themselves. We're just saying when it comes to um, a representative position reserved for females that your biological sex should be what's looked at or when it comes to being placed in a prison, mm-hmm. um, we should be acknowledging that a male who self-identifies as female at 40 and has committed violent sexual crimes should not be placed in a female prison estate just because he's changed his birth certificate and, and he's now female. Right. Um, that, that's it. But it's not actually about restricting people's lives on the day-to-day basis. And in fact, most of us are gender non-conforming. A lot of us are lesbians. Um, yeah, so it, it's a bit more nuanced than it being um, made out to, to look. Sure. No, I, and this is why I think it's important to dig down because um, I think it's useful to understand what hate is in the context of this discussion. Um, the other term mm. that gets thrown around that some of our listeners might not be um, fully au fait with is turf. Uh, and I wonder if mm. you could unpack that a little bit as a related kind of slur that's been used. Um, and also one that increasingly seems in in the, the social media spheres of, of our modern lives to to um to be something that is branding someone as a hateful type of person. So what does TERF stand for and and briefly what what does it kind of mean in this debate? Yeah, um I might actually do that the other way around. So what it what it's meant in this debate is it's a word it actually makes me feel a bit sick just talking about it because the amount of hatred that is put behind the word turf is astounding. So if your listeners want to see what I'm talking about, they can go to turf is is com, and you'll see um the abuse that women get, uh, and TERF has been used as a, a way of creating this group that it's then okay to denigrate and abuse. Um, so TERF are these hateful, evil women, and it doesn't matter what you say or do, um, 
they deserve it because they're awful. And then any woman who questions sex self-identification legislation or any aspect of this law is called a TERF. And they're automatically terrified and powered into silence because they don't want to be this awful thing. So it really is a, a slur operating in the truest sense of, of the word. Um, it's a term of abuse and it's terrifying. Um, so that's what it is. Um, what it actually means is trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And um, radical feminism is a school of feminism that I personally don't um, subscribe to. Um, and trans-exclusionary means um, excluding trans women from the definition of woman. Um, which, um, yeah, so, so that's what it is. Um, and in fact, even radical feminists don't exclude trans people because they include um, trans-identified females or trans men in their feminism. Um, so it's not actually about being anti-trans at all. Um, it's actually about um, people who are not trans who could abuse this type of legislation. So it's a, just it's a misnomer. Um, yeah, and it's awful. Yeah, and it, it, as you've just described, it sounds like it, it is really used to try and um, uh, smear people and, and silence them, essentially, um, out of embarrassment or fear or, or making you feel sick. All of the above. Yeah. yeah all of, it's all of the above. It's a real, yeah. And it works. I mean, for every one of us that speaks publicly, there's at least 100 who's scared to talk, even even in their places of work and their friendship circles. It's, yeah, you don't want to be called a chair. No, and it's so easy these days to, to throw terms around that have such a chilling effect. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and keep people silenced, as as it sounds like it is reasonably straightforward for councils at the moment to decide that they don't like uh, what someone's going to say and to, to keep you out of their venues. Um, Beth, you're, you're fighting the good fight. Um, uh, unfortunately, Christchurch shouldn't work out, but then it did. Uh, on the plus side, oh. uh, it looks like you're fighting in Auckland. Uh, you're continuing to fight in uh, Dunedin, and Nelson is going to go ahead. Um, mm -hmm. We wish you all the best with that. Um, we are standing beside you to fight for your right to speak, uh, and we will Thank continue you. to do that. Um, and uh, we will keep everyone posted, uh, and would love to have you back at some point to give us an update on how the rest of the speaking tour went. Absolutely, and I'd just like to say, um, if you're um, sorry to shamelessly plug um, the tour, but if any of your supporters want to stand in solidarity with our right to speak, even if they don't agree with us, I'm sure they're not scared of hearing ideas. Um, check out our website, speakupwoman.com. NZ and our speaking tour schedule is on there. We've got new dates coming up to Hamilton and Tauranga um, as well. So we're still in Palmerston North. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Beth. Um, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Free Speech Union podcast. If you would like to learn more about us or find out how you can get involved or support, you can head on over to fsu.nz or check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Kakitiano.